0: Hello, I am your host, Somerset Winters Thoreau, for the podcast called Space Biff Book Cast. Oh boy, Bookspace. we're going to
1: get close to these.
0: Space Biff Book Space. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are for our 333rd episode. Really, I was just looking at the seconds for the recording, and that's about where we were 33 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Today we're discussing the book, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Although in in um, in England, I understand it was only the seven deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, and some people were confused by that.
2: Oh yeah, I thought it was a sequel, <laughs> right?
0: That was a complaint. Someone in Amazon said, scam?
1: <laughs> really?
0: Yes, because they thought it was a sequel.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. I am Dan Thoreau.
0: Oh yeah, he's here. Oh yeah. And we also have Brock.
1: That's me, I'm Brock Poulsen.
0: Brock Star Poulsen.
1: Yeah. Yep. Hello. The,
0: The book is written by Stuart Turton. Turton? Whatever.
2: Yeah. I think it's Teuton.
0: Really? The R is like silent?
2: No, he's just descended from the Teutonic Knights.
0: Oh. Interesting. So different.
1: That really comes through in the writing. (laughs) Does it? All of the, you know, hatred for heresies. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I believe the first thing we do is rate the book with a thumb up or thumb down and a descriptor.
1: Ooh, I I wonder if some of our descriptors are going to line up.
0: I hope they don't.
1: I mean there's it's only so many English words English. in the English language, right? It's gonna right. happen one of these times.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is everyone ready? I'm ready.
1: Okay. Well we can't
2: do it at the same time because this isn't a visual thing. Right. But I am ready.
0: I like doing it at the same time.
2: Well why don't you do it the first you do it first and we'll pretend that we did it at All the
0: right. same time. One, two, three. Thumbs up, Marpley.
1: Marple. Oh, interesting. So you're giving it a marple thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. And Brock, what what is your rating? Uh, mine is a quantum thumbs up. <laughs> wow, very good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now
2: mine is maybe a little similar. Excellent. <clears throat> mine is a looping thumbs down, 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 up, up, down, down, up. Oh, <laughs> Wow.
0: Was that eight? Was that eight different ups and downs? Yes. For each character?
2: Yes. Do it again. I like it. Down, 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 up, up, down, down, up.
1: (laughs) 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 Wow. Yeah. That's very good.
0: Okay, cool. I like it.
1: I do think perhaps the downs outweighed the ups, but maybe we'll get to that. Yeah. So Perhaps. that
0: was eight different ratings. I don't know if that's allowed.
2: Yeah. No, but it was only one day.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: that's true. Technicality. have to pretend that I said the eight ratings at the exact
1: same time, and it was one. Oh. So it was like, oh. don't.
0: Have the, yeah,
2: it was yeah. eight, eight okay. different
1: mouths.
0: Right. Makes sense. All right. Well, let's move on to some wrong spoilers, Brock. Take it away.
1: I would be delighted. Excellent. Uh, so... All I had for wrong spoilers, I just, I unearthed a trove of alternate titles. And boy, some of these are, some of these are doozies. So some wrong spoilers, some alternate titles that were considered. Uh, the first one, Brain Jail. They thought maybe <laughs> that one was a little on the nose.
0: Yeah, that's a little too.
1: Uh, Qu- Quantum Limbo was a considered title. Huh. Very good. Uh The Seven Bodies of Aiden Bishop. (laughs) Uh, Hell is Simulated People. It is. Uh, He's me, he's me, and I'm me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Day My Brain Was Everywhere. Uh, That's based on, there's a kid's book called The Day My Butt Went Crazy. Oh wow! Yeah. So my uh, goodness, Brock, you read weird things. I, I mean, <laughs> I have kids that are 10, 8, and seven. So yeah.
0: That sounds like the books that they like a book they would enjoy. Oh
1: boy! You sounds like even book. imagine.
0: Sounds like a book our six year old would enjoy too.
1: There are times when my ten year old, my oldest, he will come, he will come to me with some Minecraft book or some crazy thing, and he'll just. He will be rolling on the floor, just laughing like crazy. <laughs> it's usually about butts. Uh, all right, two more, two more alternate titles.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, the hardest castle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a hard castle. Uh, and the last alternate title that was that was considered, uh, Die Hard Castle. Mm. I like that one. Yeah. Best or the German title. D. Hardcastle. <laughs> that one's a crossover. That one's a twofer.
0: Wow. Yeah. Impressive. You just,
1: because did,
2: you didn't know the language. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Thanks for. Oh,
1: my pleasure.
2: Thank you for all the time Un- and energy you have put into Unlight- unearthing those with your research. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was yeah. some
0: great research. Oh,
2: boy. You know, directly contacting Stuart Turton. Um, I bet that was an awkward question.
1: I mean, yeah, a lot of archive <laughs> digging. Uh, he did not want to tell me those titles, but... Right. But you blackmailed him. Yeah, there we have it.
0: <clears throat> well, let's move on, Dan. Yes. We would like the synopsis. So, what is it called today?
2: Um, Today it is called... The 7.5 Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle synopsis.
3: Hmm.
2: Interesting. Now, however, there are so many characters in this that I am actually going to enlist the aid of Summer. Excellent. Excellent. Um, she is going to voice three of the characters, and she does not know about this until right now. <laughs>
0: oh, right. And that's exciting.
2: I'm going to hand her a card here, uh. and it is going to tell her who she plays. And it's going to give her a few show notes on how she should play them. And she is going, like in a, some sort of radio program, she is going to read her roles and how she will be playing them so that you, the listener, <laughs> oh,
0: <I love> it,
2: <laughs> will know what's going on. So what's going on.
0: Disappointed! <laughs> oh. <clears throat> okay, I get to be Evelyn Hardcastle, genteel, refined, a hint of a Parisian. Well, that's a clue, Anna. Imagine something stuck to your shoe in Cockney Town. <laughs> <laughs> Bird woman, almost ethereal. All right, cool. Oh,
1: excellent.
0: Okay, I, I'll try. This will be tricky. I'm not a very good voice actor. Okay.
2: <laughs> Here we go. Day one. Ominous. In a deep forest, a man staggers to a halt, unable to remember what he's doing, where he is, or even who he is. He's all, Polo! (laughs) Somewhere nearby, a woman screams and breaks through the brush. The man hesitates. He's all, Marco! (laughs) A gunshot rings out. The man freezes in place and fills his breeches with an unnatural soil. <laughs> oh, goodness. Una- it's unnatural. <laughs> all right, it's go cosmic on. horror, Brock. It oh, okay. so comes through the trees for him, staying out of sight. Our unknown hero is paralyzed with fear, stinking of all earth. <laughs> his tormentor leans forward and tickles his ear with his words, Welcome to a Groundhog Day story. (laughs) Pardon me. Don't turn round. Listen well. Your name is Sebastian Bell, but you've worn other names in your time. Head east to Black Health Manor. There's a mystery there for ye to solve. (laughs) A good man to avoid. And a man with a beak who you'd best heed but not too closely, and when you do the former, do it with suspicion, and in the latter case, with circumspection. <laughs> <laughs> Find Anna, and remember the chess pieces are key. Huh. The voice fades away. <laughs> Our soiled hero stands there, <laughs> quaking in a very unhero man like manner. Eventually, he walks east, where he finds a big manor house that is described in no fewer than 94 passages as rather dilapidated. (laughs) He bangs on the door, yelping for help. The door cracks to reveal a pack of servants. Dr. Bell, the door was unlocked. (laughs) Dr. Bell, is that the name of our hero? He begins blubbering. Call the police! The Keystone Cops, anybody! (laughs) A man in finery sweeps down the stairs of the front hall. He's all, I'm Daniel Coleridge, the first of five important characters whose names begin with D. (laughs) Please, old chap, these grubbers will smear your good name up and down the house. Come upstairs. (laughs) Daniel leads Dr. Bell upstairs to his bedroom, which is dilapidated. (laughs) he rings dr Dicky to have a look at him and takes his leave dr Dicky's all ho ho just a bump just a bruise trauma my dear boy from the war or some such our people always have a war in the past <laughs> dr bell takes a bath to steady his nerves and a man in a bird costume enters he's all hello aiden dr bell is all
4: please sir i knew nude venus
2: <laughs>
0: I can hear the period drama coming oh, in yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I just use Stuart Curtin's words The third man ignores him. listen well Aiden you have eight lives so spend them carefully you must solve the mystery of the murder of Evelyn Hardcastle if you do you will be permitted to exit Black Pop Manor if not your mind shall be wiped and you will start all over again Dr. Bell is all,
4: I, I don't (laughs) understand.
2: Birdman is all, you might be thinking this is a Groundhog Day scenario. Well, it isn't. (laughs) More like an Edge of Tomorrow scenario. Perhaps source code, if you've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) If you've seen source code. (laughs) Dr. Bell is all,
4: I haven't.
2: (laughs) Birdman is all, Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> the director of Moon? Does <laughs> sound familiar? He draws a long sigh. Oh, you've lost so much this time. Your past 500 loops, you knew all of our film references. Aiden, I fear if you don't solve the murder this time, you'll forget yourself. Now go. <laughs> Properly motivated, Dr. Bell departs the bathtub and finds Evelyn Hardcastle playing chess with a very large man. Once their match is finished, he sits down across from her. He's all, so,
4: uh, uh, who murders you tonight?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Evelyn is all.
0: Why, what do you mean? Hmm, I feel like I can trust you. You were once a dope dealer, but now you seem changed. Come, let's go to the hunter's cottage on the estate grounds. We'll find a clue.
2: (laughs) Dr. Bell is all, I'm a dope dealer. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind, let's go. (laughs) In the huntsman's cottage, they find two bodies. (gasps) One of the butler. The other is a jerk who beat up the butler. (laughs) Evelyn explains.
0: <clears throat> oh, it's just some bodies. My father loved that butler, but Gold beat him up. Also, years ago, my brother was murdered when I was supposed to watch him. Keep that in mind because you're solving two murders, really. Also, I don't think I told you told this to you in the book, but Dan can't remember everything. It was very convoluted. He tried <laughs> keeping a chart, but oh, stuff and bother. What a chore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: With less knowledge than he began, Dr. Bell returns to his room. There he finds a dead rabbit <laughs> that has been pinned to his pillow. Ew. A note reads, run, rabbit. He faints. <laughs> Day two. <laughs> In a servant's apartment, a butler wakes up. He's all, no, what's going on? <laughs> he stumbles upstairs, following the sound of somebody pounding on a door. When he opens it, he sees Dr. Sebastian Bell himself. <laughs> He's so scared that he flees in a panic, and on his way, collides with some guy who beats him to death with a cane.
4: <laughs> Day three. <laughs> <laughs> In one of Birch Cliff's manor's rooms,
2: the <laughs> babies wakes up to the tunes of Sonny and Cher singing, I got you, babe.
1: <laughs> He's all,
3: no, what's going on?
1: <laughs> Wait a second. I recognize that voice.
2: He runs down to the stables and insists they take him to a nearby village. The stable keeper gives him his car instead, and he drives into the mist where he gets lost and falls asleep. Day four. <laughs> In one of Borby Hopper Manor's rooms, someone awakens pinned to his bed by two tons of blubber. His
4: own blubber. (laughs) He's all, No! What's going on?
2: (laughs) His valet. A reed-thin little man with contempt in his eyes that burns with rage equal only to the dilapidation of bored health manners dilapidation comes running. (laughs) He's all, what is it, my lord? Do you need your pork
3: sandwiches?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He places a tray in front of the newly awakened body of Aiden. To Aiden's shame, he eats one piece of chocolate cake One ice cream cone, one pickle, (laughs) one wedge of Swiss cheese, one thing of salami, one lollipop, one piece of cherry pie, one sausage, one cupcake, and one slice of watermelon.
0: That night he had a stomach
2: ache. Aiden weeps. He's no longer a skinny Davies. He's a big, fat (laughs) raven (laughs) court. (laughs) <laughs> the good news is that Ravencourt is as clever as he is fat <laughs> after his valet scrubs him in a manner reminiscent of how zoos groom their hippopotamy <laughs> he orders the small man carry him to the library
4: <laughs> tolly, tolly ho valet a <laughs> mystery it is all
2: <laughs> in the library he settles into a chair
4: <laughs> now here's the deal valet check under your seat cushion <laughs>
2: Sure enough, the mere intention of planning to place blackmail information under the cushion on a future day means the valet produces a piece of paper. <laughs> on it is written in big black letters You are gay, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wait, is that the blackmail? I don't remember. I don't, know. Right. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> I
2: think. I'm just trying to remember like what would bring shame to like random regions no, here.
1: One of the one of the other characters is his daughter. That's what it is. I no,
0: think. no, no, that's the other guy.
1: The other
2: okay, guy. we can't do this yet.
4: <laughs> oh. the, the ballot flushes.
0: We can't do this during the synopsis. <laughs>
4: Let's really hash this out. How did you know, Ravencourt, you rhino bollock? (laughs) Ravencourt is all, I don't yet. (laughs) I will in time. (laughs) Now, here's the bargain, little man. You will (laughs) help me solve this murder today by running all the errands my elephantine legs cannot bear if you do I shall not blackmail you if you do not I shall whisper your secret to every lord and lady in this house of dilapidation (laughs) (laughs) now place a message to my future selves in that encyclopedia there (laughs) after that Ask her around the house for anyone named Brianna. Oh
1: my goodness.
4: Also, ask them.
1: Summer is not going to survive this. Not this.
4: <laughs> if anyone <laughs> intends to murder Elfel and tonight, and encourage them not to. Yeah. <laughs> now, touch. Touch, little man. <laughs>
3: I wish this was visual. So everyone can see what I'm seeing. We'll try to get some discreet... uh, Oh my (laughs) gosh.
1: Okay.
3: (laughs) Daniel Coleridge
2: walks smoothly into the library. He coolly lights a cigarette and begins to expose it. He's old. I'm your future self, big man. <laughs> your final self. Now, let's come to an agreement. You do as I say, and all will be well. <laughs> Time to go, but keep my offer in mind, even though I haven't told you what it is. Goodbye, big man. <laughs> <laughs> Later, Anna comes into the library. She's all...
0: <coughs> Oi there! <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're a fat man. Stop asking about me! I'm here to protect you, but not if you get me guilt. Your name is Aiden Bishop. Do you know that yet or what?
4: <laughs> maybe may be horrible. <maybe>. In <laughs> the shop. In the shop. In the
0: Aye, now stop topper me, you bloody love. <laughs> You're to attend the ball of honour tonight for a surprise. Now get. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Ravencourt waddles to the Ball of Honor, where he's seated at the head of the table. <laughs> Evelyn Hardcastle is there with her brother Michael. After Raincourt eats a green leaf, he starts to feel much better. <laughs> <laughs> Michael clears his throat. <clears throat> uh-huh. Hi, y'all. My sister... My my father has said to announce, we'll soon be wed to the El Gigante Lord, Cecil Ravencourt. The entire <laughs> room gasps with surprise and horror, simultaneously imagining Evelyn vanishing beneath that tidal wave of flash. <laughs> Ravencourt shudders too. Since, you know, he's not really Ravencourt. I don't know if I've made that clear. Evelyn Hardcastle is all...
0: No, I shan't.
2: And she rushes from the room. Raven cortisol Well, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> Still, he needs to solve her murder. He goes to the dance in the evening, hoping to catch the bird man again, but everyone is wearing the bird costumes. <clears throat> As he struggles to sit up straight under all of that weight. Evelyn Hardcastle comes out and shoots herself, falling into a pool and dying of suicide.
3: Oh, my.
2: Because suicides bore him, Ravencourt falls asleep. <laughs> Day five. <laughs> In one of Booby Heap Manor's rooms, Derby wakes up feeling a little bit rapey today. Oh, my. You go, no, what is going on? <laughs> He gets up and looks in the mirror, finding a real rascal staring back at him. He decides to go into the forest because that's where the plot needs him. There he sees a woman running and he chases her out of sheer instinct. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, Evelyn Hardcastle appears and shoots at him with a pistol. She's all...
0: Next time I won't miss you, Scalawag. Now get before I aim for your Raper's Rapier. (laughs)
2: Derby is deeply aroused by this. <laughs> but he realizes something else is afoot. Nearby, Dr. Sebastian Bell is soiling his britches. <laughs> he sneaks up and whispers in his ear Go East. Also uh, some other stuff that I can't remember. I didn't memorize it. Anna, Evelyn Hardcastle, Iden Daniel, Dickie Davies, Derby Dance, and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> He slinks off, very proud of himself for remembering all the essential details of the mystery.
3: <laughs>
2: when he gets back to Booshnick Manor, the birdman is waiting for him. He's all, you're wasting so much time. It's like some, when somebody plays a game of Skyrim, but spends all their time doing side quests.
3: <laughs> but I assure
2: you, Aiden, the main quest is timed so you need to hop to it. (laughs) Derby slinks around doing stuff that I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) He's eventually summoned to Ted Stanwin's room. Ted Stanwin is a blackmailer, and he's all, Ah, Derby, you need to warn your mother to pay up, or I'll have my boys pay her a visit. Now I'm going to have this thug of mine beat you, silly. Instead, Derby has Dr. Dicky sedate the thug, I can't remember how, and he raids Stanwin's <laughs> blackmail stash. There he finds a letter from a woman named Felicity Maddox to Evelyn Hardcastle. It's a clue, but in Derby's stupid head, Iden can't figure out what it means. He turns to go, but someone smashes him on the head. Day two. Psyche! Turns out, when one of Iden's hosts falls asleep, he wakes up in one of his past bodies if they're still alive. This time, it's the badly beaten butler. Anna is there, watching over him. She's all,
0: Oi, you've looked better in raccoons, <laughs> yeah. you have. All tatters and slop, as gets you right, being a trash hound and all.
2: The butler is all,
0: What is going on? Anna's all, Oi, gotta keep safe, you must. I'm here with this.
2: She pats a shotgun.
0: No, when you wake up, I'm um, gonna find the murderer. Promise, this old tit, you'd save us both. You did, scamp, er, It, and this time you'll stand by a rock. You will.
2: But falls asleep. Day five. <laughs> Derby wakes up in a rapey mood. <laughs> His head is throbbing. Both of them.
3: Oh <laughs> God!
2: It's almost time for Evelyn's murder, so he hurries to the dance. This time he stands near a rock, just like he thinks Anna told him, although it was hard to tell with Summer's accent. (laughs)
3: It's (laughs) written in there.
2: It's because I've already done this, and I wrote a note based on how you did it last time. (laughs) When Evelyn shoots herself, her brother runs toward Derby rather than toward her. Derby gets away by running away from the property, haunted by a single thought. I changed the timeline, like in Ten Cop.
4: <laughs> <laughs> then the footman appears and slits his throat. Ooh, who's that? Day six. <laughs>
2: An old man wakes up, feeling very arthritic. He's all,
4: No, what's going on?
2: Someone bangs on his door. It's Gold, the artist and the guy who beat up the
4: butler. He's all, Aiden, listen to me. It's me, Aiden. No, listen, we can have sex later. Don't get out of the carriage.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Then he runs away, hooting wildly. (laughs) Aiden realizes that he is now Edward Dance, attorney for the Hardcastle family. Or is that a barrister? Hmm. I'm not sure. He goes to the cottage to speak to Daddy Hardcastle. He's all,
4: I have pressing matter to discuss, Daddy Hardcastle. Somebody may want to murder your daughter.
2: Daddy Hardcastle is all er, that drama baby is more trouble than she's worth. <laughs> She'll be married to Ravencourt tomorrow or I'll strangle her strangle her myself.
4: There was a murder decades ago, my own boy, it was her fault. Dance is all yeah, this is all uh, I know I've do- I've been doing this all week. Then <laughs> you get to the good stuff like did your wife do it? like everyone talks about her and
2: she's not been in this book at all daddy hardcastle is all who knows moping around somewhere probably i have no idea who could want my daughter dead apart from everybody (laughs) he calls her the b-word dance decides this is a good time to go hunting with the other fellows while he's out there he sits beside ted stanwin and begins asking pressing questions Before the blackmailer can answer, Daniel Coleridge comes out of the trees and kills him with a shotgun. Everyone is like,
4: what the shit, Daniel?
2: (laughs) Daniel is all remembered, chums. I own Stanwin's blackmail material now. So if you want to prevent everybody from knowing about your secret sodomies, keep your mouth shut about this. (laughs) He turns to dance. And you, meet me tonight to take down that pesky footman who's been killing us, eh? (laughs) Dance is bored by murders, so he falls asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Day seven. Somewhere in a cupboard, in Bloodheat Manor, a police officer named Jim Rashton awakens. Biden is all fist pump. Finally, someone who knows how to solve crimes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he
2: gets out of the cupboard and pretty much solves the murder right away, thanks to his detective brain. <laughs> Evelyn Hartcastle has faked her suicide. She fired a starter pistol that she dropped into the pool. She used blood on a handkerchief to pretend to be dead, and then, while unconscious from some drugs provided by Doctor Dicky, she had her brother save her from the pool.
0: Wow. Oh. Spoiler. oh yeah
2: spoiler warning <laughs> rashton goes to meet with michael hardcastle he is in the process of killing his unconscious sister Ew. when confronted he's all i had to do i had to do it <laughs> stanlon and dr Dickie were demanding more money than we could pay or they would tell my father she would have been married to that blubberous oaf anyway rashton is all hey that's hey that's very offensive <laughs> Lord Ravencourt has some very fine qualities <laughs> he can pack away more pork sandwiches than anyone you've ever met and he does it with style
3: <laughs>
2: Michael Hardcastle stares at him so he's all uh, anyway yes I can see your point but what is this Michael and Evelyn were poisoned before the whole fake suicide show as Michael and Evelyn gag to death are on their own spittle Rashton tries to save them instead the footman shows up and kills him. Hmm. Day two <laughs> The butler wakes up He's all, like, no what's going The footman kills him <laughs> Day three <laughs> <laughs> He wakes up in a carriage Having been rescued from the road Where he fell asleep 300 pages ago <laughs> He heeds the advice from himself And doesn't get out of the carriage Until it reaches Blood Highmore Manor's doorstep <laughs> Then he leaps out and meets with the birdman Birdman is all You solved it Oh, yeah, there's so many man voices. You solved it. Well done. It was Michael Hardcastle all along. I should have seen it coming. True to my word, you will be released from this hellhole. Davies is all, no, wait, I'm here to save Anna, too. Birdman is all, time to tell you everything. This is the Matrix, Aiden. (laughs) (laughs) A punishment matrix. Anna is like a terrorist or something, and you came here to torment her because she killed... You're someone you loved, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the Matrix, really. It's more like the platform. <laughs> well, uh, Galder, Gudstilo, or Ur- Ur- Ateria's masterpiece. You didn't see that one? The <laughs> Gal- <laughs> elevator metaphor of class stratification (laughs) birdman is all i'm glad you're remembering yourself aiden but you've solved the murderer that means you can leave the matrix (laughs) Davies is all i haven't answered it yet there was another murder before the murder let me solve it let me have anna solve it then you can let her go he goes to the lake that night to meet anna and have her solve the murder but daniel coleridge is there david counts in his head let's see Sebastian Bell, butler, fat guy, old guy, Rapey guy, me, artist. Hey, wait, you aren't me. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Coleridge laughs. Of course not, foolish boy. There are only eight of you, and my footman has disposed of most. I will claim the answer and escape this matrix while you and Anna toil for eternity trying to solve an unsolvable riddle. At that moment, <laughs> another Birdman steps out of the forest. Except this one is a Birdwoman. She's all.
0: This isn't how it's supposed to be. You've broken the rules, Birdman. The rules of the Matrix prison. <laughs>
2: Birdman is all. Stop, Birdwoman. woman. have solved the murder. Birdwoman is all. Prove
0: it, Birdman. Prove that these convicts can leave.
2: Davies and everyone else is, oh, what the shit? They start shooting at each other. Davies is killed, and I think Daniel, too, or something. Day
3: eight.
2: <laughs> Somewhere in Bum Helper Manor, the artist named Gold wakes up entangled with one of the serving women. Mm. They've done some opium and the naughty naughty with each other. Gold <laughs> <laughs> realizes something. In his previous incarnations, he was driven insane by Daniel Coleridge's torture but now he isn't because he solved the mystery and caused a shootout thanks to the bird people. It all makes sense, and he can still solve everything. He gets Anna. She's all.
0: Oi, you solved it, eh?
2: In the back of his head, Gold debates whether he should save her. Aiden's voice is all, she's a different woman, just like you're a different man. Save her, Aiden. Save her. Anyway, they go to the lake. While their doubles are in a shootout, they get ambushed by Evelyn. She's all.
0: So, you solved it, you interlopers.
2: She's about to shoot them when Gold raises his arms. He's all. Stop! I need to explain the whole thing! So she does. He does. So he does, except he has Anna explain it. She's all.
0: Oi! Ev- Oi! <laughs> Evelyn won Evelyn! Was you, you tattler, crass? You had your friend Felicity Maddox, mummy. She's you, if she wouldn't. Yeah, or's yeah, and you guilt your dad and your ma and your little brother too, and put the rat pellet in your girls and brothers' drinks to kill them off, so you could give them all the slip easy, like farting in the wind. Except you made a one mistake. You forgot the time travelers.
2: Gold is all. We're not technically time travelers. And then Evelyn is all.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. You've uncovered my secret love of murder, but now you will die.
2: (laughs) At that moment, the bird people appear. Birdwoman is all.
0: Very well, Birdman, Aiden, Anna, you may be released from Matrix Prison.
2: Birdman is all. The world is very changed, Aiden. Your resources will not get you far in the future, but the choice is yours. Aiden has a realization. He's all, wait, this isn't Groundhog Day. It's Vanilla Sky. <laughs> Anna's all.
0: That movie's overrated. No, leave her here, leave her here.
2: They both wake up. The end.
1: <laughs> that was incredible. That's Incredibly great. well done.
0: Thank you. I totally remember the full story now. That was a great synopsis, Dan. I oh, thank you. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> and uh, Well done on your voice work. It was was very ethereal for a bird woman.
0: Yeah, I tried. Okay, well, we're gonna move on to some bad takes, and then we'll go to the discussion. So, I really couldn't find too many bad takes. It's it's kind of it's kind of a tricky book to review. But I just looked on um, a couple of review sites, and this first one is a five out of five stars. It says, a page-turner with strong thematic resonance. A book that stays with you and makes you want to ultimately be a better person. I was almost surprised by the strong forgiveness theme that sneaks up on you. Then I realized it was there in the shadows all along. It has much to say about compassion, acceptance of others, strengths and weaknesses, and recognizing that everyone has something valuable to contribute. Some very clever twists. Agatha Christie meets Groundhog Day is an apt description.
2: Oh, it's Agatha Christie meets vanilla sky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I feel that this is a bad take because I didn't feel like that there was a forgiveness theme. I thought that was kind of tacked on.
2: Yeah. Kind of came out of nowhere. I, no, felt,
0: I, I felt like I felt like the story had tons of weird layers. And there were all these twists, like all of a sudden you're like, Oh, they're in like some hell prison where he's trying to solve a mystery and he can't, he's been there like 500 years. And then there's this thing too, where he's like, Oh, well now I have to save Anna. And she used to be a murderer. What, what do you, what about you, Brock? What do you think?
1: No, I, I agree. I, I think it, it kind of doesn't come in until real late, you know, real late in the book. Um, and I, and I don't think it's handled poorly. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's a consistent theme.
0: Yeah, I don't know that it's a main thing. Everyone has something valuable to contribute. What about the footmen?
3: <laughs> <laughs> every, yeah, every, so like, everyone killing things.
0: So, like the the other two main people that are imprisoned there, I mean, are murderers. That I don't think. Anyway, yeah, I don't think everyone has something valuable to contribute.
2: The footman wasn't in prison there, though.
0: No, he was just, like, some...
2: He was just a simulation. Yeah. So he was an M. He was an emulant.
0: <clears throat> and um, I, don't, I don't really... I think the comparison to Agatha Christie is kind of a poor one, because it's really just because it's, like, a period drama, like Miss Marple, and it's a mystery. And that's, a, like, really the only comparison, I feel, that is apt.
2: Isn't one of the hallmarks of Agatha Christie that, like, if you're clever enough, you can totally solve it? I feel like this just does not... This, is, this isn't this is built like a puzzle box mystery where you can figure out anything.
0: Yeah.
2: It's, it's not. Yeah. Which is fine.
0: I mean, I get... The, this is
2: more about the bad take than the book.
0: Yeah. And then last of all, the comparison to Groundhog Day... Um, we've already, Dan's already kind of hashed that out with all the comparisons to other movies like
1: yeah, Vanilla give me, Sky and... Give me 15 minutes to read the synopsis of Vanilla Sky and then I'll come back and address that. <laughs> I, can, I can spoil it for you, Brock. I wish you would.
2: It's it's, a, it's Tom Cruise who thinks he's like ugly and disfigured, but he has like all these weird memories that okay. don't gel together. And it turns out that he was a wealthy dude who was in an accident and was put into like cryo suspension for the future for when they could repair him. And so he's in like a lucid dream in cryo suspension, hmm. just reliving his memories over and over. Mm. And at the end he's approached by like people who are like, well, you can leave. We have the technology to rebuild you now, but the future is super different and you may not want to leave. And he decides, well, like, well, I'm done not living a real life. So I'm going to wake up. And then the, it, it just ends hmm. with him jumping off a building to wake up. Oh, wow. wow. Interesting. Sure. And, and so it, kind of the same thing where like you get this tantalizing. Like, like Inception. <laughs> well, yeah, but one of the things that's fun about Inception is you get to see the layers of their world.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: With Vanilla Sky and, and with this book, it, it's like, oh, there's this future society that uses this as a form of punishment. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, I hope we get to see that a little bit. And then in both cases, and I don't think this is necessarily a bad decision. It's just that both in Vanilla Sky and here, it just it just yeah. cuts off. I
0: think the book was long enough.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it should have gone on for another three hundred pages. And, like, <laughs> and our economy is seashells.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow, we went with like a weird thing. Okay. Now let me tell you about our transportation systems.
0: <clears throat> okay. Well, so that's so that's one. I felt that that was a bad take, and then so like I said, I really couldn't find any other what I felt were bad takes. It was either people were getting it spot on or people were not. Whatever. Anyway, hmm. uh, this other review just made me laugh, so I wanted to share it with people. Two out of five stars. Great title, unique and intriguing premise, hilariously bad writing.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: This story is so unique, but the author's continuous use of terrible metaphors kept me in stitches. I actually created a Word doc and started to write them down. I sent the list to several of my writer friends, one of whom teaches a creative writing class at a well-known university, and we all voted on our favorites. Here are the winners. A warm bucket of shame pours itself over my body. Oh, let's
2: play a game with this. (laughs)
0: Let's
2: read them and say if it's good writing or bad writing. Okay. (laughs)
0: So that's <laughs> that one A warm bucket of shame Pours itself over my body
2: I'm going to vote good writing
0: Are you? Yeah. <laughs> These all made me laugh
2: I like that That's how it feels when you're like ashamed Like you flush uh-huh.
0: A sharp wind stirring the drapes That slap the wall like slabs of meat Hitting a butcher's counter Okay
2: that's pretty That's, that's not good writing <laughs>
1: yeah. Life
0: pounds wrong. on my eyelids. Well, that could be... That, I don't know what that means. I don't,
1: think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Light pounds on my eyelids? He's got a no, headache. Life. life, life. life. I, I think that's fine.
0: <laughs> the words are rolled up and flung at my back. That one's not bad.
1: No, that's not I bad. Like that.
0: Rage snatches me up by the strings, flinging me at him.
1: I think that's good. I don't like that one. That one's
0: weird. Anger takes its arms from around my chest.
2: Nah. That's weird. Yeah. And
0: finally, it's like I've been asked to dig a hole with a shovel made of sparrows.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember that line. <laughs> <laughs> and being like, ah, I don't know if that one is what <laughs> You're you thought. I'm sure if that works. If, if a line makes me pause and be like, WTF? That right. line <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> shovel made of
0: sparrows all right well that's all i have brock what would you like to discuss about this book
1: boy um
0: is there anything left to discuss
1: (laughs) (laughs) some good stuff uh i one thing that that i thought was an, an interesting concept introduced um and you had mentioned you know this uh this matrix jail as a form of punishment but i um i think it intrigues me as a a form of rehabilitation um, and being able to see, you know, if a, if a person changes, um, because there's a, the idea mentioned that like, oh, we're in this, you know, we're in this environment and it, it uh, you know, it's a controlled environment. We, we, we can use this to see you know, how, what, what kind of person you truly are. Um, and I wanted to kind of get your, your take or your thoughts on that. Is a controlled environment like that, is it a more honest reflection of, of your character? You know, you have essentially a consequence free environment because they know it'll just loop back. And so, you know, does a person who goes into that environment and just, you know, rapes and murders their way through it is that a true reflection of their character
2: i wonder do you like just i don't know if this is what you're going for brock or riffing on it a little bit but i'm always interested in people who argue that doing something in play is the same as doing it in real life um so there, there's a board game called Train. Have you heard of Train?
1: No, I don't think so.
2: And what Train does is oh, you, no, you're yes. loading cubes onto train cars. I
1: have heard of this. I And I then like,
2: in the game's second act, the, the game's designer, Brenda Romero, goes, these are Jews headed to the Holocaust. Right.
1: Ah. right.
2: And and it's supposed <clears throat> to elicit, like, what do you do now that you know you're complicit? Do you stop playing? You start trying to like delay the train and all this stuff. But where, where it falls apart for me is that it's play and it is absolute. And, and no matter what certain overwrought critics have written about train, <laughs> putting cubes onto a toy train is not the same as putting human beings into cattle cars. And it isn't even close. Um, kill, killing a civilian in a video game. Might have some sort of inbate. There's no value to that action, right. and and certain people have tried to argue that video games are are training kids to be mass murderers or something. I and I've never found those arguments to hold any water. Um, so I wonder, you know, especially in the simulation, the first thing that happens is Birdman shows up and he's like, "Okay, this is a simulation, and you're stuck in a loop." I mean. Sometimes if you're feeling tired, you might be like, well, okay, today I'm going to eat all of Lord Ravencourt's pork sandwiches. (laughs)
3: Like he's going to
2: be really
1: upset and I'm just going to keep stealing his
2: food. (laughs) And I,
1: and I do think, I do think you make a good point. Like, so um, I, uh, I'm a big fan of skateboarding video games. Okay. And in skate three you can get off your board and you can run around and my kids like to, I mean, they essentially play that game like it's Grand Theft Auto Lite. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they use it as a pedestrian harassment simulator. <laughs> uh, but I, but I do not find myself worrying that they are, you know, that they are harboring uh, desires to to shove people downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> because because they you know they see play versus real um, I almost wonder though in a, in a case where there is such a perfect simulation you know there like initially he doesn't remember who he is but there is no suspicion that it's not the real world um, I do I do wonder what that would, Um, And I guess I kind of have two thoughts about it. You know, what what would that show about a person uh, and the way they behave within that scenario? And if it's being used as a, uh, you know, as incarceration, is it, I mean, is it a perfect incarceration scenario? They get to keep living out their terrible impulses without harming actual people? Or is it the worst possible incarceration where we're saying here's a playground?
0: <laughs> nuts. I don't know that. Well, so the, I think the bird woman, cause I can't remember her name. That's not really who she was, right. but she, I mean, she implied that, that it wasn't really a rehabilitation type of thing. So I don't, so I mean, the punishment was for all, I mean, even, even Aiden Bishop wanted to go there so that he could torture Anna in the first place. And so, I mean, they were all bad people, like, like his reasons for, I mean, the Birdman's reasons for like giving him a leg up. I was just kind of like, but he's a bad person for wanting that type of revenge. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you they, know what I
2: mean? Yeah, they do mention rehabilitation as the function of most simulations, though. Um,
0: do they? They do. Hmm. They
2: they mention that this is like the toughest simulation and they don't expect any of them to rehabilitate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> what gets me a little bit is... So... 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 Are, are the characters in Blackheath... Are they to what degree are they simulations? And here's why I'm asking this, because it is clear that they have very emergent behavior, because when he changes something, the characters don't like, they don't have to adjust their script. They just react organically. Right. Like when he confronts Evelyn Hardcastle, she does something that in real life she never did, that was never recorded, that is still totally true to her character. Mm -hmm. In fact, because nobody suspected that she could have been the actual murderer um, and had a double that she also killed, that she mm-hmm. killed her whole family and a double to get away with this stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That, so that how was that recorded? How was that written into the code of this simulation? Right. Yeah. So to me, these are not simulants. They're, they're M's, they're emulants. These are people that have been put into the simulation like scanned or something, mm-hmm. which to me, I, a lot of the time I was like, okay, well, if you can create a copy of a person and make them suffer deeply and then wipe out that copy and do that for eternity you have still created untold conscious suffering <laughs> yeah. and it's not a video <laughs> game character that doesn't have any consciousness. Hmm. They seem for all intents and purposes to be actually conscious.
1: Yeah. You have beyond you-
2: like the parameters that somebody could simulate.
1: Like You have conjured a soul so that you can torment it. Right. Wow. These are conscious I, people.
0: I, wow. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. Um. Th- That's really serious. I, I didn't, I didn't, um, take it that way. I felt that if they were in this futuristic thing and they had this mystery in the past that they like actually time traveled or something and then, you know, like put it in a loop. So like they were there and they know how to insert consciousness into the people in the past, you know, like in, um, I can't think of it anyway. That's what I was thinking because it's supposed to be some futuristic punishment, but, but it does have those terrible implications if what you're saying is what happened.
2: I feel like either way, it's kind of a distinction without a difference, right? Like if they go back in time and put these people into a loop and they're real people that they're like forcing to suffer in terrible ways. I don't know. It just seems like this, this system has this human, relatively humane goal where it wants to rehabilitate its criminals but holy hell it is doing it in a really weird and terrifying way it's true not only for the people who are the inmates but for all of the all of the prison staff so to speak (laughs) are trapped in an unending like torture
1: show yeah yeah that's it's, that's deep. It's wild. It is. It's <laughs> harsh. It's <That's> rough, buddy. <laughs> um, and that's, so I, I mean, I love this book. I, I think it's one of my favorite books I've read in the last, you know, several years. Hmm. Um, and, be, and it's because of things like that where, like, it, I, I think it really, um, it explores to, a. I think, a good extent, a lot of interesting con- concepts. Um, I think, uh, so this, this discussion topic is kind of, uh, maybe a little, uh, you know, philosophy 101, but, uh, you you know, the, the idea that Aidan Bishop doesn't, you know, doesn't know who he is, doesn't remember, Anna doesn't remember who she is, um, And so kind of my, my question, what is this book saying about like memory and how much of your identity is tied to your memory? Uh, Or maybe your accountability is tied to memory.
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's saying things. (laughs) Yeah
2: we get the sense that they're physically there or is it just their mind
0: maybe it's just their minds would that make it more moral
2: well I don't know like I'm wondering I'm, I'm like since Brock invoked philosophy 101 I'm like <laughs> well what at what point is this like harping on mind body dualism like are you really just the sum of memories like you'd think, if you're just the sum of memories, they wouldn't even need to do this. Um, they could just like wipe your mind. Apparently, they can do that, and then put you in, make you live a lifetime of, you know, working your way, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, and <laughs> yeah. helping orphans and saving <laughs> kittens.
1: Well, yeah, and if I mean, if you know, if that's the, the opinion, quote unquote, of the court. And like why you know, why even bother with this? Why not just wipe someone's memory and say, like, you have been punished for your crimes? <laughs> go back to your life, go be a citizen. You could be it could be a an outpatient procedure. <laughs>
0: Well, but then we would have a movie about someone's memory being wiped when it shouldn't have been.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it was basically a Deep Space Nine episode. I was just going like, to say
0: it's very Star, Trek- <laughs> Star Trekian.
2: Yeah, where, like, <laughs> Chief O'Brien was, like, 70 years in a mind prison and makes a friend who dies. and It turns out it was, like, 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I remember when Picard, like, got stuck on some planet and he was there until he died and then he woke up.
1: Yeah, and he liked the flute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! So it's well trod territory.
2: Well, by Star Trek, it hasn't happened in Star Wars yet, but it should. (laughs) We could forget the last six, seven movies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could forget all twelve. (laughs) <laughs> I, I know it wouldn't be that big of a deal, really. Are there
2: twelve movies?
1: I I
0: better be careful. There'll be some Star Wars fans. That-
1: I think there might be what eleven. I have a thermal detonator. Like. Okay.
0: <laughs> 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 I don't know the name of the creature, but it's in, like, the very first movie. It's a Tuscan Raider. Oh,
1: and
2: <laughs> my brain has less storage capacity for knowing that.
1: Tusken Raider. Great pull, great impression.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's just how Summer sounds when she laughs. So.
0: Yeah. Right. You can hear me laugh like that every in every episode. Yeah. <laughs>
2: sorry Brock we're, we're being distracted from your we very are. thoughtful no, is, questions
0: they are very thoughtful that's why we paused for quite some moment because we were all like oh
2: yeah huh. well, <laughs> so uh, from together you like this book because it makes you think of these philosophical conundrums
1: yeah I think so um and I think it it does it um in a, in a very entertaining way like
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think uh um I I almost wish I hadn't, but I, I read, I think just like the first sentence on the back of the book. Um, Mm. and from that I was, you know, I was excited and then, um, didn't, you know, didn't really know how it was going to be pulled off. And then, uh, the point when Aiden wakes up as the butler and goes to answer the door and sees himself, I was just, I was just drawn right in. I was like, oh, I see how this is gonna go and it's gonna be really cool. Um,
0: I did not read the back of the book. Good. I just started reading. Good for you. And um those first few chapters with just Sebastian Bell, I was like I'm never going to be able to finish this. I this <laughs> when he when he finally did have that first switch, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of cool." I hope he never goes back to this person. <laughs> um,
1: so anyway,
0: anyone who hasn't read it and was thinking that they might want to, you got to get through those first yeah, eight chapters.
1: That. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a slog. I do think that. Sebastian Bell's chapters kind of make um, they, they sort of make this, you know, that philosophy argument a little bit because, you know, he, he wakes up in this body. He has no memory. He doesn't know who he is, doesn't know what's happening, but he knows, he knows that this body is a coward, you know, and, and he's ashamed of like being too afraid to do things. And, um, and I think, I think that is an interesting an interesting tell that you know someone else is embodying or inhabiting this body because the someone else you know wishes they were braver want you know want mm-hmm.
0: to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, well yeah and when you're first reading it you just think it's like his weird amnesia you know he woke up in the forest yeah. and he doesn't know what's going on and you think it's just this the reader i mean i just thought it was just kind of a slightly annoying um memory lost type of trope but Mm -hmm. then it ends up being something cooler so yeah so dan you do have a background in philosophy but i i don't think that you liked this book were you not thinking along those lines or why did you why do you why did you not like it as much
2: no i i liked it pretty broadly um I, it, the reason I gave it the rating I did is because my enjoyment was tied pretty much directly to which character <laughs> <laughs> he was on. Yeah. Um, so wait, down,
0: down for Sebastian, down, down for Ravencourt. Oh, Butler. Up for Ravencourt? Yeah,
2: what was so it? Okay, so down uh, let's see if I oh. have to see <laughs> down, down.
0: Yeah, did you get it right? So sure.
2: Sebastian, I didn't care for. The Butler was a cool twist, but I he's always a
0: downer when you get yeah, to him. he's a downer. <laughs>
2: um, I was down for... I
0: think Ravencourt is next. Did you not like him?
2: No, it's not. It's Davies. Oh,
0: that's right. The, the dally. But, but Davies the dally is was... hard
2: because Davies was down the first time because he tries so hard to escape. But he was a huge up when he wakes up and comes back. Yeah. So it depends which timeline mm-hmm. for Davies. Yeah. Then it was Ravencourt. I really liked Ravencourt. I liked the see. I liked the idea. See, this is where like the body mind dualism gets tricky because if this is the mind and the body being inseparable, so b- body mind dualism is often like the justification for there being a spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That the spirit is your mind, and then there's there's your body. Body mind dualism, pretty much philosophically and scientifically, is like nonsense. Like your your mind is your body too, and yeah. so I really liked this idea that yes, he is Aiden. But the bodies have a lot of control over him, like how smart he is, is directly contingent on the physical mm-hmm. brain, like the processing power and discipline of the brain he is inhabiting.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like when he tries to think through the mystery when he's rapey boy, Derby, right. he cannot figure anything out. And I really liked Derby just because he was so gross. <laughs> And Aiden <laughs> was like, stop raping everything. Um so who's after so Ravencourt Derby? Um, who's next?
0: The police officer's in there, so or the oh the lawyer? Oh the okay. so, the, so the
2: lawyer is the next one. And I didn't care for the lawyer because he was boring. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Um, police officer
2: the police officer i i sat down but really he was kind of he was kind of up and then the last one is gold i liked that he just the came artist. out of it and, yeah the artist yeah. i like i was going man i hope he doesn't come out and he's just some loony because <laughs> i <you> don't want to <laughs> read the chapters just <laughs> chapters of him like scrawling notes and going and being like Stream oh, where of the
4: clock tower. Stream of <laughs> consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> mother is a fish. And, yeah. <laughs> and just
2: like <laughs> insane ramblings. <laughs> but, so I liked it when it switched. So, so it was up and down, but I did like it overall. Um, but no, when I, was, I, when I was reading it, I was not having many philosophical um, hmm. thoughts mm-hmm. about it. It was kind of near the end. So here's, So here's a very soft complaint that I have with it. And this is very soft. So I tend to not like end of movie or end of book twists.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and that's not a, and again, that's not a strong statement. I think that there are some, I think there are some great twists out there. Um, it's just, it's harder to impress me with a twist.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I really like it when you are presented with a twist early enough in a story that rather than being about the twist, it's about the fallout from the twist. Yeah. So, for instance, like the reason I brought up the movie Moon, well, I actually brought up Source Code, but same director as Moon, <laughs> is, is because it puts its twist in like the first like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and then the whole movie is just dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And there's no twist after that, really. You still learn things, there's still information you didn't have before, but the huge twist comes right up front, mm-hmm. and the whole movie is like, what do you how do you handle this twist what mm-hmm. would you do with it how would you process this what would your emotions be like mm-hmm. and i love it when stories do that and so this story where like real, it's between the seventh and eighth act basically that it tells you that this is a a prison um like a literal
3: mm-hmm.
2: incarceration event um I I just think it would be so cool to have allowed the character to experience more of that, but that transforms so much of it. That the, that's why I say it's a soft complaint. Is that's when I really started thinking about it more in philosophical terms and about the justice of it. And I like think I like reading and thinking about those those sort of things. So I wish that had been more of the book instead of the focus of the book being a mystery that I kind of didn't care about that much.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Got it. Interesting. Um, I'm curious, from uh, purely a writing standpoint, um, how effective do you think the uh, the structure is of showing, you know, showing the same events from different perspectives? How effectively do you think uh, Stuart Turton accomplished that?
2: It, it did remind me of Inception, actually. So one of the cool things about Inception is, you know, it has a lot of fridge moments to its logic where later you're like, well, well, so you can just die to get out of the, sometimes dying takes you deeper into the, into your memory matrix, but sometimes it takes you out. Right. Which is it? like, it has moments of fridge logic, but I love that Inception, it's a masterclass of editing, Right. Like oh, yeah. all of these nested scenes inside of each other. And in your mind, they, they all seem logical. Like you see each scene um, as though it's its complete story, but that's not how the story is told to you. It's all of these rapid editing cuts. And I think it's I think it's just tremendous editing. And I feel the same way about this book, where I was, whenever it would switch to a new day or a new character or flashback to day two with the Hurt Butler, I thought those were exciting Um So I I personally liked that. What did you guys think of the structure?
0: Um, I was just going to say kind of a joke that sometimes more (laughs) isn't always better. (laughs) You know, like, so you, so sometimes you have two characters in a book and you see the same scene with both of, with both eyes, so to say. And um, and that's helpful sometimes for figuring things out. And it, to, to me at times it was kind of like, let's see it from eight people. That'll be so much better. And it, you know, it's not necessarily always better to have more, but just, yeah, that's all I was thinking. What about you, Brock? Did you have anything serious to add?
1: Um, no, I think, I think for the most part, it did a, uh, he did a really good job of, uh, it was almost like, um, okay, you know, were you watching closely? Like, let's, let's take another look Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Um, and bringing you back into things. Um, I think one of the most, uh, most effective ones is in the forest with the gunshot. Mm -hmm. You spend a lot of time thinking like, okay, something bad happened in the forest and then you come back to it and it's this somewhat innocuous thing that was also connected to one of your, you know, one of Aiden's other bodies. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing accomplishment.
0: Yeah.
1: Are you jealous of
2: Stuart Turton, Brock? Oh, heavens. Yes.
0: Aren't we all? Got his book
2: published. Right. We've been jealous of some books that we didn't like because wow, how'd they get published?
0: Yeah. Right.
2: (laughs) Aren't Uh, we all
1: jealous? (laughs) No, but I but I think it's it's extraordinary. And I'm sure it I'm sure it was a labor to you know, to arrange all these pieces in the right order.
0: He must have had a huge whiteboard.
1: Yes. Yeah, I picture a cork board like a yeah, crazy conspiracy with strings
0: a and going around. Yeah, yeah totally. Like string colored like strings. Bill Gates. Different colored American pins. It's
2: well, <laughs> like, all right. right
3: Background,
0: huh?
2: And China. <laughs> every doctor in the world, and Bill Gates, and China, and all of the EU, and every country. <laughs> They're all in. Every, on it. every doctor, every one of them. Every one of them. Conspiracies trillions Oh yeah They want to track me And then you like start clicking on your smartphone start Reminder talking. to self Don't let them put a tracker in you Don't <laughs> let them put a device That can track you on your person That's good I should tweet that <laughs> Yes, I want to attach my location to the tweet.
3: (laughs) Of course,
2: (laughs) there's basement.
3: (laughs) Dear, oh my gosh! All
0: right.
1: Well, that's uh, that's all the discussion I had.
0: That was fun. I like that
1: discussion. Uh, Thank you all.
0: All right, we have a new the new the next book we're going to read is Dan's choice. That's not the name of the book. Sounds like it could it's be. It's called
2: Dan's Choice. <laughs> and it's a romance novel in which a young Dan Thoreau has his choice of female suitors. Wow. <laughs> and it's, uh, it,
0: it's, it, it's, it's
2: nonfiction.
0: We're not reading that. <laughs> <laughs> the book is called Two Like the Lightning by Ada Palmer.
1: Two Like the Lightning.
0: So we'll read that next. I believe Dan has already started, as he is wont to do.
1: I'm like six pages in, so oh. it's really not that much of a
0: read. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just saw it already at our
1: yeah. It was on the, on the bedside the, table, on the, on the table.
0: <laughs> All right, there we uh, go.
1: I do, I do need to say, um, oh, that what is it? Uh, if you're going to read to like the lightning, um, you should, uh, you should also buy Dan's book. Never is Earth. I have right. a short story published in a uh, collection, and you can find that at aanpress.com.
2: Thank you for that recommendation, Brock, that I
1: would never have given. Never so that- Earth. Yeah, no, I, I know that you are, uh, you are morally opposed to self-promotion. So I'm <laughs> that's, <happy>. that's true.
0: <laughs>
2: well, thank you so much.
1: It's a good story too. I've I've read that one and it's quite good. It is
0: a good story. All right. Well, it's, it's all right.
1: <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> Not
3: in that collection. All
0: right. Good night.
1: <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the Space Biff book space our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza join us next month for another discussion and in the meantime you can email us at spacebiffbookspace at gmail.com